16 of 22 from the field tonight. Booker, five to shoot. Durant for three. 40 for Kevin Durant. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Courtesy of the call goes to our friends at Bally Sports. Kevin Durant, 40 points yesterday against the Indiana Pacers, uh, leading the Suns to a 117-110 victory. Phoenix's fifth straight win as the Suns' big three may be starting to put it all together a little bit. Uh, Second half of a back-to-back coming up tonight for the Suns against your Chicago Bulls. Can the Suns cover that game? Uh, what about NBA MVP and some of the other award markets? Our pal Alex Christensen will join us in just a moment, talking all things betting on the association. For our live audience, though, in 20 minutes, Ken and I will start our breakdown of Championship Sunday in the National Football League, our initial takes on the Chiefs and the Ravens, side in total, and then we'll talk about the Lions and the 49ers from San Francisco. Drew Dinsick still to come, Jason Sobel still to come, Power Hour Final Hour will feature all our bets for today. Tonight. But joining us right now is the aforementioned Alex Christensen, the star of FTN Bets and Bets US. You got to check out his show, Hoops with Noops, which is sensational, and I love the name. And he is on Twitter at underscore Noops, which is a spoon backwards. Noops, welcome back to You Better You Bet. You're looking good. You got a haircut. He looks great. So you're looking good, my friend. Great to have you back on the show. How's it going? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. The NBA is chugging along. And I just have taken every opportunity today to say I'm sorry to Bills fans. It's not your fault. I mean, I guess it's not their fault. But I just, you know, just uh, when winners play losers, usually winners win and losers lose. That's unfortunately usually how it goes. And I used to root for some really losing teams. I love the last 20 seconds of the show, which was Noob saying, Bills fans, I'm sorry for you. And then you had Ken Barkley just basically throwing salt in your wounds. That was, that was a yeah. nice little dichotomy. I mean, I, yeah, I, I hear you, but also, like, this is just the way I just, you know, like, grew up, I was a kid. Like, I was a Red Sox fan. They were, like, the, loser, the most losers, losingest 50 years, say 70 years imaginable. Um, and then they didn't. So maybe for the Bills fans, maybe the next few years will be really good. Uh, we'll do, like, some big picture stuff. Noob's in a second. We played the Suns highlight there. They are kind of like becoming an interesting team, starting to win a little bit more. Maybe they challenge the Clippers for the division. Like obviously a thought on the game tonight, there are five and eh, about between five and five and a half at home against the Bulls. I know you have a bet on that game. And also just like Phoenix in general, is this a team you want to buy? Is this a team that you like a little bit more in the postseason now? Now that we've kind of seen these three guys a couple times. It's a tough team to buy on because the market rating's been high on them all year and it continues to be very high. Uh, they've really struggled to cumber, cover spreads. And, uh, you know, you start to look, the last seven games, they won five of them, only covered two. I think they only have uh, four or five covers in, if you go back their last 25 games. So, again, what that tells me again is it, don't just blindly fade the Suns, but the market rating again on them is still really high. All those futures prices, um, just pulling up those quickly for our friends at BetMGM. But uh, you look on the outright winner um the suns are plus 1300 that's in the same neighborhood as a team um you know like the 76ers that have a little easier path in um the eastern conference if you look at some of the conference odds you know they're plus 600 that's finally started to fall out a little bit but it is it's hard to buy on this team as good as they are offensively the defense really struggles and i don't like them tonight it's a little bit of a tough rest spot three and four back to back both of those games were at home but i think this bulls team 
continues to be a little underrated. Without Zach Levine, you pull Alex Caruso into the starting lineup that improves the defense. Offensively, Caruso obviously not as good of a scorer as Levine, but moves the ball and is a great shooter. So there's going to be more space, more people involved. And again, just having him in more minutes in a game where there is Bradley Beal and Booker, he's capable of guarding both of them. Really like this matchup for Chicago. I think this is actually tonight a good spot to sell a little bit on Phoenix. I played the Bulls plus five, so five and a half sounds great. All right, so noobs on the Chicago Bulls tonight against the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix winners of five consecutive games. Uh, Noobs is a Philly guy, for people that don't know, and just mentioned his Philadelphia 76ers. So, Noobs, this can be, you know, a bigger picture conversation on your Sixers. You can kind of weave MVP in here, and it was uh, one week ago today that Ken Barkley came on the show and said, uh, Joel Embiid's MVP price is nine, and it shouldn't be. Now the co-favorite in the market along with Nikola Jokic. Doesn't mean he's going to win, but that was a pretty prescient comment by Ken last week on the show. So Embiid and Jokic now the co-favorites at plus 200 at BetMGM. Noobs, uh, are you allowing yourself to believe in the 76ers here and thoughts on most valuable player? I am. I've got snuckered in again. I'm ready to believe in the 76ers. Uh, Joel Embiid, I couldn't really believe that he could play better basketball than he did last season. He has been better in just about every way, shape, or form. He looks to be in better shape now. My only concern with him from an MVP perspective is that missed games requirement. He's got to play 65 games. I believe he's missed eight or nine, which means he only has about seven or eight to miss the rest of the season. And it's just tough. Uh, Given what we know about his knee, it seems like that right knee, that swelling condition is something that he's going to need to take some time off and get surgery. It doesn't look like he's going to do that this season, but I think it's going to cause him to continue to miss games, especially later in the year. And I wonder what happens. You know, again, let's say there's not a big injury where he clearly needs to miss a couple weeks. What happens to the Sixers organization later in the year? Are they going to push him and possibly risk his health for the postseason so he does have a chance at MVP? I think it's a really tough spot to be in, and I think you guys did a great job. Again, grab that plus 900. That's really important to read the timing of the market. You've got a lot of equity there, but I look at this, and it just I just feel like I didn't bet enough on Jokic before the season. I had him plus 450, uh, plus 400 a couple times. The Nuggets, some of their pricing is finally starting to come into um you know closer to where i have it from a futures perspective but i still see value on a lot of those so uh, the sixers overall i haven't bet them to win the title yet that number is hasn't really moved too much i think i'll probably just be looking at them to bet them in playoff series i think that they'll still be underdogs to boston and i you guys know how much i love faith in the celtics so uh, no bets for me but a lot of 76 sixers optimism yeah i feel like i got a lot of optimism too and then and then they're gonna like play the celtics in the second round again and i don't I don't know if I have any optimism on that. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Is Embiid healthy in the game? Just to like a, a little more on MVP news, because like I, I agree with you. Like I look at the pricing right now and I go, all right, like what's what's la- what's there to do? Like what's left? Like it feels like this order is at least like close. Just I think a, a thing that'll be a sticking point for a lot of people who bet or who just like care about who wins the award. To be fair, a lot of people just care who wins. It's like a big deal for people, whether their guy wins or not. Um, if he gets the 65 games, so if Embiid clears the the hurdle that's required to be eligible for both all NBA and MVP, if he gets the 65, do you think he just wins? And for you, it's like, does he get to the 65? Or do you think there's a realistic path for someone else, even if Embiid gets to the 65 games? It's kind of like, if you play it out both ways, what conclusion would you come to? 
Yeah, I think kind of the best way to answer that question is, assuming that everybody plays 65 games, I have this a pretty tight race between Embiid and Jokic. Uh, I look down here, you know, maybe Doncic can have a really great second half of the season. Uh, maybe Giannis can find a way to get this Bucks team to start winning games by big numbers. But those are the only two guys that I really see that, that could possibly sneak in. Shea Gildas-Alexander's plus 350. Just bet the Thunder to be the one seed. That's close to plus 300. That's basically the same bet. I think it's going to be a lot easier. So, uh, like you said, can I have and beat Jokic very close if they both play 65 games I think it's a pretty much a toss-up but again you got to layer in the questions for Embiid so uh, as much as I think you guys did a great job grabbing plus 900 having him the same price as Jokic doesn't make sense to me okay yeah and obviously like he's got to play the games like he's got a lot of back-to-backs left like he just you know he steps wrong once like the whole thing kind of goes up in smoke the other sixer award that I wanted to ask you about uh, even if you don't have a strong opinion on it I don't know about you. Like I, I feel really puzzled sometimes. We're halfway through the year, and I, I don't have a good set. We've had no polling. Even the midseason content's been really lame, or not everyone's writing it or anything. So we just we don't have a good idea, I feel like, of where anybody's at in some of these really ancillary award markets that are a little tougher to figure out. And a guy on your team, Tyrese Maxey, has been a really big favorite to win most improved player basically the entire season. Now, part of that could be because the other candidates are so off-putting and they're just none of them are particularly good and scotty barnes hasn't played well since the trade so it's kind of like all right here's maxi at a really big price here's alperin shangun and you know plus 350 kind of that second choice range and then a bunch of oh my god like who would it even be do you do you feel as confident as the market or more that maxi really is going to win most improved player at the end of the season I say this very nervously as someone that invested very heavily in Maxi MIP before the season. I think that he deserves to be this big of a favorite, possibly more. And it comes down to one really big factor that was going to come into play in a month. Shen Kuhn is probably not going to make the all-star team. He's not. There's too many forwards in the West. He's not going to garner enough of the fan vote. Maybe the coaches kind of give him some consideration. Maybe there's some sort of group of players that can't play or don't want to play and he ends up in but if Maxi makes the all-star team which it's out it seems like he is he's getting a lot of attention for that and again it's it's tough I live in Philadelphia I see a lot of that stuff even nationally um you know Zach Lowe did a podcast the other day I forget with whom but had both of those guys had Maxi and basically as comfortable all-stars and that's where this really starts to spread out Shangun's not probably not going to be an all-star maybe Scotty Barnes is uh, you know Tyrese Halliburton will be an all-star but there just doesn't seem to be the same support for him to be most improved since he's already so good and again with some of the injury concerns there Siakam will take away a little bit of usage and attention so as nervous as it is to say it, I think Maxi deserves to be minus 250 possibly even a little deeper yeah, I have a hard time disagreeing with that. Uh, I have to ask you about another. I just this is like selfish because I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with these awards. And I have like friends of mine or like other people that bet being like, hey, what are you doing with this? And I have to be like, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing with this. And so most improved is definitely one that, that you hit on there. Like, is it just maxi and that's it? And you you bridge jump at some point and you just bet a lot of money on them. What, what is your and this can be a, a terrible guess. I have a terrible guess about this, too. Who do you think is going to win sixth man of the year at the end of the, it seems like the answer right now is nobody. It seems like the answer is zero people. They're just going to not give out the award. Nobody makes any sense. Everyone has 25 flaws. Tim Hardaway Jr. Is like telling Jason Kidd he wants to start now. He's the big favorite in the market. Like what are we supposed to do here? What's your best guess? Who wins sixth man of the year at the end of the season? 
I don't know if the people got to see me react to that question or heard the noise I made, but I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me groan. that because I have a groan and a grunt. No idea. Combination. Yeah. No, no clue. I mean, Hardaway Jr. is the favorite. I guess that makes sense. Six man of the year is one of those awards where there really is an archetype and it's a guard that comes off the bench and scores a lot of points for a really good team. That's Tim Hardaway Jr. It's also Malik Monk. It's kind of Jordan Clarkson. I would kind of love Jordan Clarkson randomly winning for some reason. So we could talk about him and Lou Williams as the greatest six men for the rest of our lives, but I have no idea. Absolutely none, Ken. I mean, I flipped through this. Maybe Mathurin again gets some run. I think Nas Reed should be a candidate for this, but again, just doesn't fit that archetype. He's 25 to 1. I would take maybe a swing on something like that. Austin Reeves is probably going to end up starting too many games you know, to end up really getting much consideration for this. So I'm with you, Ken. This is kind of a mess of a market. I think Nas Reed, again, is the best value, but I have no idea. It could be any of the names on the list that I'm looking at right now. I totally agree with you. Even like the midseason content, you read like who everyone picks and just go, man, I thought I had a bad idea. And these are even dumber than I thought in terms of like who everyone's. I mean, it's really, like, I don't think anybody has any clue right now about what, even what they're going to vote for at the end of the year. I'm going to ask you about one more award here in about a minute. And then Nick will ask you about bets for tonight. Uh, coach of the year, the market and the midseason content produced so far kind of implies it's a two horse race between two teams at the top of the Western Conference and their coaches. Uh, now every time i say it nikolai always likes to call him dan yo because he thinks that that's how it should be pronounced uh the coach for the thunder and then chris finch the coach for the timberwolves they're the two big favorites market has it that way mid-season content says it's one two with both of them in either order do you agree with that here in about a minute I, I think I do. And again, it's one of those situations where nobody really stands out to me that much. Uh, and the Thunder were supposed to be good. I don't know if they were supposed to be, you know, a 70% win team. Uh, again, the Timberwolves were supposed to be good. Were they supposed to be a 70% win team? I don't know. So that kind of makes sense to me. As you go a little further down the list, I don't think the Pacers are going to end up being good enough for Rick Carlisle to get enough consideration. Um, you know, Nick Nurse is interesting with the Sixers, but I don't see them finishing with a one seed, which is probably what it takes. And the further you get down the list, I thought maybe you'd do Oka had a chance early on, but the Rockets have really fallen off. So uh, there's just not another name that, that really sticks out to me as someone that's doing a great job or someone that has a team that could really turn around and make the late push to pick up the votes you're going to need. So I think it does end up being either, you know, Dagnald or Finch. All right, so Noobs, you told us to start the interview that you like the Chicago Bulls to cover the spread tonight against the Phoenix Suns. What else are you eyeing tonight? Side, total, or props Monday night in the association? Yeah, a couple things. The other side I like, and I kind of teed this up earlier, I love betting against the Celtics, so let's do it tonight. Uh, this is a tough spot for them. Three and four back-to-back. They're on the road. Drew Holiday is questionable. Kristaps Porzingis is already out. The Mavericks are completely healthy. And everything about this spot screams Mavericks. The Celtics looking ahead possibly to Miami on Thursday. I was able to get a three and a half before the Porzingis news. I don't think this line moved enough, really, um, on him being out. So plus two and a half from our friends at BetMGM looks really nice. Um, I just really like that spot for the Mavericks here. And then a couple quick props. Um, was going through those quickly before the show. A couple three-point props I really like tonight. Jalen Suggs with the Orlando Magic. You can get him over one and a half threes. That's a nice number at MGM. Nas Reed, who I mentioned a second ago, he's over one and a half. If you can get over two and a half threes, looks really nice. And De'Aaron Fox, um, again, another guy. You're looking at over two and a half threes, maybe a little bit juicy there. But um, just seeing some numbers that I really like. All three of those guys should see a lot of attempts tonight in fast-paced games. I think those are all really good bets. But, yeah, in terms of big, big game stuff, Bulls plus five and a half. Mavericks really plus anything. Noobs, we appreciate it. Great job on the show, as per usual, on Twitter at underscore Noobs, FTN Bets and Bets US. And check out the show, Hoops.
with noobs. Uh, stay well, buddy. Enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. And Ken, sorry to bring up Boston Red Sox memories. I didn't mean to trigger you. No, no, you're fine. It's all good now, buddy. Yeah, yeah, all they they did was win. Yeah, they won 19 World Series. It's okay. They they won a bunch of titles, and then I stopped being a fan of the team, and I just bet on games now. That's that's all. That's where we're all good. It's all good. But I just honestly, I know what that feels like. Growing up, somebody growing up a Bills fans right now. I know what that feels like. Yes, except except you won, and they never will. Or have well, yeah, at least the future is bright. You know, who knows what's going to happen? New coach. Yeah, with yeah with Sean McDermott, it's great. On the other side, our initial preview of Championship Sunday in the NFL. We'll be right back with you. Better you bet. Presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network.